so I am in the closet, and we are. <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad. I'm glad we put you back in the closet. Cause... Back in the closet. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is the only thing I'll go back in the closet yeah. for. <laughs> Very literal. <You> record. <laughs> it's really, this is the episode where we try to understand our vaginas. Yes. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Uncensored with Pint Size Sexologist. I am your host, Nat Higgins. I have a Master's of Education in Human Sexuality Studies, which makes me mildly qualified to be running this podcast. And this podcast was created just to normalize adults not really knowing shit about fucking as adults. And when they were younger, and that everybody can benefit from sex ed at all ages. So I have two very special guests with me today who previously featured me on their own podcast called Inebriated Input, which is a drunk advice podcast, and it is as fun as it sounds. Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was very, very fun. So we have Kim and Jennifer. Hello. Hi. Woohoo. Hi. We're here. I'm waving. You can't see me. This is all audio. <laughs> I can see you. So it's <laughs> perfect. Do you want to go first, Jen? Uh yeah, sure. I'll go first. I'm I'm Jennifer. I uh what what, what should I say about myself? I'm not sure. Anything. What qualifies Anything? you to be a human? <laughs> be a human. I have a heartbeat. Good. Good start. Good start. My liver is mostly okay. Um, <laughs> from all the inebriated, inebriated info, yeah. Um, I'm a Michigander. Uh, I work in academia. I have a long history of um, uh, like sexual education, uh, GLBT uh, inclusiveness, um, and I, I work with non-traditional students, so I work with the, the not necessarily freshman, but every other student. So that sort of non-traditional academic experience I've, I've worked Lovely. with. So I've spent uh, several years as a uh, club advisor for the GLBT group at the local community college, which was the most interesting experience because I identify as straight. So it was kind of a, um, it was an experience that was outside of my normal realm of experience. And so it was, it was wonderful. I loved working with, with all the my misfit students. Is what they ultimately became. And, well, and every all of those groups need straight allies too. So right. yeah, and it was during the time when it wasn't so. It wasn't so easy to be out in the employment setting. So having a straight yeah. ally was was kind of necessary at that point, but. Um, now they they have uh, all allies who are their advisors, so it's great to see that we've actually come we've come a long way. I think in the last twenty years. So great, awesome. Yeah. All right, great. Okay, hi, I'm Kim. Um, I live in Denver, and I am not nearly so qualified as Jennifer to give advice or based on that. <laughs> yeah, right. You just cut her up now. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Um. Or anything like that. So I don't know. I I Ouch. live in Denver. I'm a 
I'm a performer. I do a lot of improv and theater and stuff in the Denver area. I have two dogs. I that's it. That's the most exciting things about me. <laughs> I have uh, dogs and improv is pretty exciting. <laughs> yes, improv is actually an interesting skill because it teaches you it how is. to listen. Is it's, that's it's the a primary skill. Like, that's the first listen. rule. Yeah. Yes. And uh, that is an. A good skill for advice, if I don't I say so myself. I was about to say that. Mm-hmm. I was like, you got to listen in order to yes. give Yes. So we host inebriated input, like you said, which is um, a drunk or at least a drinking advice podcast because we're not always totally blasted. We've had a couple of those episodes, but that's not always. Yeah, we won't tell you which ones because you'll have to listen <laughs> to them all to find them. <laughs> and- <laughs> And we just put out our 40th episode two weeks ago, or like last week. And then so this Thursday, Thursday will be the 41st, So, which is crazy if you think about it. We post every other week. Yeah. yeah. So Two years. Two years we've been doing this. Two years? Yeah. Almost, yeah. Oh, wow. It's wild. February next year or March next year? I think it was, yeah. 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 It sounds like it was a COVID thing and it wasn't. We actually wasn't. had decided to do this before COVID happened. We just mm-hmm. didn't actually like put our first episode out until like right at the very beginning of COVID shutdown stuff. Mm-hmm. But like we had already been like in plans and everything yeah. since like yeah. the Christmas before. Beautiful. Nice. And for, 41, that's nothing to laugh at. Like, I am just now realizing that I labeled this recording as episode 9, and it's a lie. It's actually episode 10. Nice. I just Woo! Like, episode Congrats. 9 directed to my computer because it was just me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, no, I, I can do the sex ed. I can't do the counting, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> it works. So what, what made you two, like, actually decide to start your podcast? Do you want to take that count? Yeah. I think I just wanted to do it, right? Like, I don't know. I had a, like, I had been kicking the idea around a little bit. I had another friend that was starting a podcast. I was like, oh, yeah, I, like, totally want to do it. And then uh, I was home and, like, I'm from Michigan as well. And I was, like, visiting my family at Christmas. And that's my birthday. And Jennifer's birthday is, like, right after. And she had a birthday party and I was there and I was like, I want to do this. Do you want to do it with me? And she's like, sure. And that's how we started. Yeah, like, that's basically that it. Easy. She asked everybody else and I was like, yeah, I'll do it. Nobody else would. <laughs> I said I'd do it. And they're like, yeah, absolutely. I'll do it. So you're the fun one. I'm the fun <laughs> one. I'm like yeah. drinking and telling people what to do. Yeah, count me in. Always. <laughs> You gotta do something during the winter in the Midwest. It's like <laughs> true. exactly, true exactly. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, my uh, one of my best friends, her family is from Michigan, so I've, I've heard stories. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Michigan winters and uh, lake effect snow, and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, not something yeah. I meant. Yeah, all over the place. Um, oh, I forgot to mention in my intro of myself that you can actually <laughs> you can support the podcast. Oh, yeah. yeah, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash uncensoredpod. Um, you should also check out Inebriated Input. I'm going to be putting links and all of that jazz into the bio so you can give them a listen. It is very fun. I don't remember what episode number mine is, but it's Oh, I just website. put that page. Yeah, I have a page. I haven't put it live yet, but I'm going to put it live. I... 
emailed people three weeks ago or a month ago asking them to approve it. I haven't heard back from some of them, and I'm going to put it up until they tell me to take it. Down. Yeah, just do it. There yeah. we go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but I can tell you what episode you're on is what I was going to say. Let Give me one moment, and I can do that. Because we have a bio page, right, that has all the yeah. all our guests. So. Okay, so you are on episode 35. 35. Yeah, 35. I was like, I know I have it linked on my website, which my right. website is the pintsizedsexologist.com slash uncensored pod. And then it has all of my featured on nonsense mm-hmm. on yeah. there. You were but, featured on us. Yeah. Mm. So I, I have it on there and I have your I have it linked. So <laughs> go check you out. It has the logo and everything. Wow. Decided to make it look professional. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, so yeah, I guess I guess we are we are to story time. Well, can I actually can I interject a question for our pint sized sexologist? So have you seen that show on Netflix? It was uh Love Sex. She's just telling me about it. Was she? Love Sex and Robots. No, you were you were Jennifer. I was just telling you. Oh, Love Sex and Robots? Goop. No, goop. Love Sex uh, and Goop. Yeah, or sex, love, and goop, or <laughs> is this a Gwyneth Paltrow thing? Yes, yes, yeah. Okay, it's, I... it's the newest version. It's the newest thing. That so she it's not the one where she talks about putting crystals in your vagina, but I right? need to. Mm, okay, I need to figure out how to word this so I'm not going to have any of Gwyneth Paltrow's lawyers up in my inbox. I think because <laughs> I think we're allowed to say they have an opinion about her stuff. Because I, I have an I have an opinion about her stuff. I haven't. Seen, <laughs> okay, so here's okay. The, I haven't seen any of her stuff. I have seen um like previews. I have read articles. I have done stuff like that. I have been avoiding actually watching because I don't want to give that woman money. Um, <laughs> fair enough. Fair probably enough. probably a good idea. <laughs> um, I will just say right out the gate, a lot of the stuff that she suggests is not good <laughs> for your reproductive health. Um, oh, you mean again, like the, like the actual, egg. yes, like those, yeah. yeah. yeah but this, um, this show is more about like relationships and discovering intimacy and kind of breeding intimacy amongst couples. Um, okay, so I'm gonna, this is me stabbing in the dark. Okay. This okay. is me making assumptions. You, again, yeah. I haven't watched it. I actually haven't, um, I haven't read any articles on this one yet either. I don't think that anybody has, if, if the articles are gonna come out, I don't know if people have stopped fuming enough to write <laughs> Um, I'm very biased, uh, as a sex educator. <laughs> um, yeah. So, from the approach that she takes with a lot of sexual health stuff, I'm imagining I'm not going to like the lens at which she looks through a lot of these things. It gets weird. Yeah. I will let you know, it gets weird. I haven't been able to get past episode two. (laughs) You told me you were laughing at the end of episode two. I, I have a feeling it's going to be like ridiculous unrealistic things that it's like okay if you're like in the lab and don't have outside lives i'm sure that there would maybe be some credence to what you're saying but it's even like the same as like studying relationships scientifically is very very hard and Mm -hmm. like even a lot of the papers that are written that are worth a damn 
will like in the limitations section it'll be like this was recreated with this we have the limitations of this only being like qualitative data and we tried to change it into quantitative and like relationships are going to be different for everybody and i think the gwyneth paltrow stuff is probably going to be very similar to um the love languages yes yeah yeah yeah. um which Mm -hmm. can be a useful tool yes however it was created by a pastor in an attempt to get couples whose marriages were failing to not divorce yeah and it was created in the 90s and it is not actually indicative of like as much it's so ubiquitous now like everyone's like i can excuse anything because (laughs) oh that's just their love language and i'm like no like no no yeah so it's not a very useful tool because people tend to love differently than they want to receive love as well and it doesn't always measure these things. And things change very rapidly, too. It's very similar to, like, personality psychology. Like, it can be a very useful tool, but it is not actually, like, concrete evidence of how you should run your life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. It can be a useful introspection tool. Uh, yeah. And that is, yeah. that is what it should I, be used for. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> a good approach for the new show that Gwyneth Paltrow has out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I couldn't get past the second episode because it was just, it ended so bizarrely. And anyway. Like train wreck bizarrely? Like like train wreck bizarrely, yes. So I'd like say. worth a watch to be like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I also, I'm imagining that she gives very like codependent advice. That might be like way off base, um, but like very much like entwining yourselves more in order to not always the answer in fact a lot of the time like having your own personality and things to do on your own and time away from your partner is often what relationships yeah that's that's exactly what happens it's it's like two couple stories that we follow in the first two episodes and that's exactly what happens with one of the couples yeah it's uh it's bizarre and I thought, well, this is interesting. I started out thinking, well, this is interesting. It's interesting way of tools to kind of promote intimacy, explore different aspects of sexuality and, and touch and feel and what makes you feel good. I'm like, this is interesting. And then it just went to a whole new level of, I am your king. Please come to me like you're my servant. And it's just what it Which, was. Like, it got really bizarre. <laughs> I mean, that could it's be like, somebody's... okay if you're doing that within like a BDSM context. Yeah, the thing that both of you are into that is one thing. But as a way of like exploring intimacy, that sent that seems very. Yeah, 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 and it's a show, so it's heavily it's... edited, right? So oh, you yeah, don't really know what else is going on there, and. Yeah. But it, anyway, I, I just wanted, I wanted to that, know if you had an opinion about it. But yeah, I feel like Gwyneth Paltrow should not be allowed to touch sex ed or relationship with a ten foot pole. <laughs> <laughs> she makes and the I weirdest have, friends. <laughs> I have other, I have other sex educator friends that like we will just like somebody will be like, so Gwyneth Paltrow, and we're like, what did she do now? Sounds about right. We're making my job difficult. (laughs) And like the number of times that people, because like, like, okay, like the yoni eggs. Yeah. There is a lot 
of really, really old tradition with that. However, you need to, like, research what the material is of the thing that you're putting in there. Like, not all crystals are body safe. A lot of them are porous and they will hold your bacteria and then possibly mm-hmm. give you an infection from yourself later. Right. Or some right. of them have, like, microabrasions, so you can actually be giving yourself cuts when you're putting it in. Ugh. Some just, like, leech chemicals into your body that like they're supposed to stay in a rock and not in you like it is a very that is a very absorbent part of your body and there are certain crystals that are body safe there are but not all of them are i am not well versed enough to know which ones are so i'm not going to start speculating because uh. i'm attempting to be responsible (laughs) it's it's like mushroom hunting you know you don't want to really go mushroom hunting unless you know exactly what you're doing yeah (laughs) and then like the um like the steaming like the vaginal steaming like again very i forgot that was another one thing that she did there's very long traditions behind this and i'd really try not to discount like ancestral and like folk remedies for things like there there have been medicine women going back centuries who have been curing things that can now be cured with modern medicine or at least like abating the symptoms of things for a very very long time so i don't want to just be like no that doesn't work however when some random white lady comes in she's just like no you should be steaming your vag like every like this amount of time it's like no you should only be doing this like under certain circumstances with the guidance of a person who has like actual like herbal medicinal training and wisdom well now now i'm gonna have to throw out my vaginal steamer like Like, otherwise you are just asking for yeast infections and right, yeah. bacterial vaginosis um because yeah, urinary tract infections which mm-hmm. is what my stories are about yes yeah. Bye back <laughs> like yeah it's it, she's asking you to do too much it, uh, yeah, it's yeah. things on its own let it do right. its job <laughs> Right, <laughs> the right. self-cleaning oven. Right. Yes, you gotta you gotta wash the outside, but the inside does a lot of shit on its own. Yeah, wrong, and then you can do something to fix it. But then you should go to with a the help of a doctor, qualified. Mm-hmm. Yes, qualified qualification. <laughs> she doesn't know oh. about qualifications being important in this realm, though. So yeah. Oh yeah. my god, I'm getting into slam. Okay. We're gonna. <laughs> Thank you. I just wanted to see what your what your thoughts were on that. Uh, yes, no, I'm always down to rant about Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! All right, so I don't, I, I do not know what either of you are bringing to the table story wise today. So I am excited. And uh, yeah, whoever, whoever wants to go first. Okay, can, I can yeah, go first because mine kind of ta- ties back in. Although it's not really, I I don't know how fitting it is because it's not really about like sex so much as education surrounding sex and um, aftercare and things like that. that so like beautifully. That fits well, beautifully. Like, now, as an adult, I know you should always pee within like thirty minutes of going uh, having sex. No one ever told me that. I think I had to read it in a Cosmo magazine, which 
great, great <laughs> educational tool. Every but, once in a while, Cosmo like hits the nail right on the head, and you're right? like, "Yes, beautiful." And then the next article they, they read, you're like, "No." <laughs> but they're like, "Put put a put a donut around your partner's penis and nibble it off." I'm like. <laughs> What? <laughs> that was actually something they wrote once. Yeah, but no, I, I know. <laughs> That's definitely one of them. Yes, uh, some of those are just seared into your mind, right? Too, right? Like I have one about like using pearls, like that. I remember them using like like a pearl oh, necklace. Yeah, a pearl necklace. Wrapping it. Yeah, that was yeah. one that they suggested as well. But um. No, so mine is generally about um. That's that wasn't taught to me ever that you need to uh you need to pee after having sex. And also another one that wasn't taught to me that hopefully most people know now, but that you should be taught this as a, as a individual learning about this kind of thing is, um, is that taking antibiotics can give you a yeast infection. Yep. So like my very first yeast infection that I remember I was 18 and it happened to fall right after one of my like very first like sexual experiences and then I got a yeast infection which I never had before and I was like oh my god I got something like from this guy and no it was just that I had had strep throat to like a week before and had an antibiotic and that causes that so now I know like uh, I used to get uh yeast infections so much and UTI so much that I would like that I just had a standing prescription at the pharmacy so I could just go in and request the medication I needed. Yep. Um, and, but now I know, thankfully that I've grown past that stage of my life, but like now I know if I'm going to get, get an antibiotic, I need to ask for like Diflucan as well, like to be prescribed to me at the same moment because this will happen. Yeah. Um, and cranberry juice, it actually does help, but it's faster to <laughs> go and have a doctor give you things a well, lot of the time. Cranberry juice is preventative, right? It's not really. No, it can help. It can help with some of the symptoms, but it won't make it go away. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. a lot of those medications that like, you have to get a, a prescription, like the medications you can get at Walgreens or something, um, they help numb it when you're having a UTI. But, like, if you take it, then you have to go in for a test. They're like, we can't test it because part of what we have to do is stick a, like, a test strip into your urine and see if the bacteria there makes it change colors. And so, I don't know if you've ever, I'm sure you've both taken this stuff. Your pee is, like, bright orange. And so, if you use that, you can't get an accurate test reading. So, like, I had gone in and they were like, we'll just give you the medication because we believe you. But, yeah. But my story with all that background, is that when, <laughs> this is my funniest, most embarrassing story. Beautiful. So, much. Um, so when I lived in Chicago and I just started dating my now husband, I ended up getting a UTI. And that, that was one of the times where I like had taken Azo or something from the, from Walgreens. And the doctor was like, I can't give you like an actual test, but you know your body well enough to know that this is a UTI. I'm going to give you the medication. So I started taking the medication and that apparently also makes your pee orange. And I'm talking bright. Oh, wow. like, like the first time I had to take this medication, 
and I peed. I called my husband in to look at my pee because it was such a ridiculous <laughs> color. It You're was like, so this absurd. cannot be right. And he, was, he was a boyfriend so at the time, right? He wasn't even a fiance yes. at the time. No, he was a boyfriend. <laughs> oh no, it gets worse for him. So my coworker was having a cocktail party and I was like, I'm not supposed to drink because I'm on this medication, but let's go. I'll have one drink tops. We go straight after work and I get there and and I am the lucky person, thanks to having a UTI, which makes you have to pee every five minutes, using the bathroom first at this party. And so I pee, my bright orange pee, and I flush the toilet and it won't flush. Oh no. (laughs) And so then I panic and I go out and I find my, my boyfriend at the time and I was like, it won't flush. I don't know what to do. And so he came into the bathroom with me and it had like risen a little bit, but it had lowered again while I was out. And he's like, Oh no, it's fine. Just flush it again. Flushed it again. It overflowed at this party. (laughs) And we're like panicking. And my, and my husband's like trying to clean it up and stop it. And I like go running out and I grab the host. And I was like, your toilet's overflowing. And I felt like so, I was felt so bad. I was so embarrassed. It was all my coworkers. They all knew. Luckily, by the time he got in there. So both of them are cleaning up my pee water while I'm sitting here watching like, what is happening? <laughs> but luckily, by the time he got in there, enough water had flowed through that it like had diluted it enough that you couldn't tell that my pee was like vibrant burnt orange. And it was so bad. And so they're like cleaning up and I'm just standing there. Like, I like just didn't know what to do. Cause I was also like, I was probably 22 and I was just like, oh, what is, I was so embarrassed at that point in time. And they cleaned it all up. And what had happened was when he was getting ready for the party, he was quickly cleaning and he used paper towels to wipe down the counter in the bathroom and flushed paper towels. Well, that was stupid. No, his fault. Totally his fault. Totally his fault. (laughs) And and I just happened to bear the brunt of it. One of my coworkers, she was like an intern there and she was there and she was like, your boyfriend's so nice. Mine would have been like, okay, we're going out the window. <laughs> and like, we would have jumped out the window and ran away. <laughs> so that wasn't really a sex story, but that was a, I guess a sex caused story. I think that, that is, a, that is a, a reproductive health story. Yes. Mm-hmm. There we go. Yes, it is. <laughs> because like, no, it, it, I've even had d- doctors who won't tell me. Like, I've gone in before, and I'm like, no, I'm going to need Diflucan. And they're like, why? I'm like, because you're giving me antibiotics. And they're yeah. like... Mm-hmm. Also, um, another thing about antibiotics that is really important to know, it can mess with your hormonal birth control. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's and a it makes it good not one. as effective. And that is another thing that doctors don't always tell you. Yeah. That's a good point. I always forget about that one too. Yeah. A family guy family guy mentions that. I just want there's an episode where family guy <laughs> mentions that. <laughs> one time family guy gives good advice. <laughs> She's like, I don't know if you know this, but but uh antibiotics mess with birth control. And it was essentially she'd given birth got pregnant with 
Meg, her oldest child, because she was up. And yeah, she's talking to Meg. She's like, I've been <laughs> like, I was like, don't just so you know, birth control. Yeah. <laughs> and like, there will be so, um, for those who do not deal with yeast infections, um, you lucky bitches. For, yeah, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> second of all um a lot of time people won't necessarily realize that they have a yeast infection because there aren't any weird like smells or anything mm-hmm. like that and that's usually what we're taught when like actually when the when it starts to smell weird that means you actually have bacterial vaginosis which yeah. tends to go hand in hand with yeast infections they can mm-hmm. exist not at the same time they are they they are not mutually exclusive um yeah. and um so, uh, yeast is not bacteria, right? So yeah. right. that's the, like, yeah. they're two so different things, just a, but they a tend to be. concentration of yeast. That's, yeah. that's yeah. all mm-hmm. it is. Um, and everybody's body will have a different, like, baseline of yeast that their bodies have. Um, so, like, some people will have, like, a pretty high amount, but as long as it's not itchy or causing you any sort of discomfort, it's not considered a yeast right. infection. Um, it's right. really only when it causes you to yeah. be like there's something wrong yeah. <laughs> yes um, what is happening i do not like this and then, it doesn't it doesn't smell like bread right now what's going on <laughs> yeah. ew that's so gross <laughs> Jeez, i'm sorry that's so gross. it does smell a little bit like bready uh-huh. <laughs> it smells like sour or anything like that that usually means that there is um bacterial vaginosis which is just like some bacteria there's an overgrowth of some type of bacteria i can't remember exactly what it is um that's in your vagina and uh so they will have to give you antibiotics Mm -hmm. instead of just the Mm anti-yeast um and there have been gynecologists who have given me like diflucan and then antibiotics and then they'll tell me to take the diflucan first and i'm like oh yeah I was and just thinking about the other day. And then the yeast infection comes right back. <laughs> right, right. So uh, so most doctors now, just so like abate things, will like, they'll give you two things of Diflucan and it's just like take one before and then take another one once you're done with your round of antibiotics. Mm-hmm. Or they'll be like, take your rounds of antibiotics and then take your Diflucan afterwards. But, right. Like it is, uh, the communication with doctors around reproductive health, especially with like, yeast infections birth control in general um i was just i have to remember what podcast this was jennifer i told you about it it was i think malcolm gladwell did an episode on it too about birth control and the origins of birth control which has its own fucked up backstory yeah that's That's what what, it is yeah um so the one i was thinking was called bodies um which is generally stories from women and their health issues and whether or not they were listened to. And the very first one was actually like painful sex. Mm-hmm. And she went to, like, she just thought that maybe this was what I have to live with. And she actually found a gynecologist that was like, this can actually be a side effect of hormonal birth control. And nobody talks about it. And she had to go through like a lot to like, cause it cut up the, the hormones that were needed for like the proper amount of lubrication and then her body would react to that pain by like tightening her pelvic floor so she was like getting burning pain in her uh like labia and vaginal lips but then was also getting like intense like cramping every time and it was like it had to be a two-pronged approach because like 
her body had learned that sex was painful. So the cramping would happen as it was trying to stop it. Uh And so it would just instinctively cramp up anytime she started to have sex again, even if it wasn't painful, like she had to relearn it. Yeah. And well, and like, so there's, um, I mean, the history of gynecology and of birth control in general is uh, not good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, it is it's not like good. its origin is hysteria, right? This treating hysteria. There is a book, it's called Medical Bondage, um, and it's by uh, Deirdre Cooper Owens, and it goes into um, the origins of American gynecology uh, and how it actually started um, with within slave trade. So Hmm. slave women were like on plantations were specifically used to experiment on, um, to figure out about like the female reproductive system. And it was horrible. So like there would be, they would be going through involuntary surgeries, um, kept in extremely painful, um, like conditions just to see how much they could handle, um, a lot of the times after giving birth, they would, like, there's not a nice way to put it, basically be, like, live dissected to see oh, like, God. how things change. It, it was, it's absolutely horrible. I had to, I had to read this book for school, and I had to stop to, like, cry and, like, almost throw up several times god and then when it comes to birth control the first medical the first trials um, haiti or something right they were um with puerto rican women that uh weren't told anything and like women died (laughs) that was probably probably like eugenics plan right to to keep minorities from reproducing so much and well and like also Planned Parenthood who I honestly don't know enough about whether or not they have tried to reconcile their eugenicist origins Mm -hmm. at all I I haven't researched it enough um but it started because the plan was to actually increase birth control and abortion access to african-american women yeah they Mm -hmm. wouldn't reproduce as many children like the whole entire the whole entire like sex education birth control uh reproductive access like while it is a big thing now for us to be pushing for rights the origins of many of them are extremely racist yeah yeah Mm -hmm. extremely um so it is a it is a, That's a, good a one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. double-edged sword. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's a it's a whole whew. <laughs> it is a thing. <laughs> it is a thing. Yeah. It is a thing. And like a bad as, thing. As a field, there's a lot of reconciling that needs to happen. because uh, like you can't really move forward without acknowledging right. where mm-hmm. all of this came from. But yeah, like still to this day like so many women are just not told about side effects of things like i didn't know um like smoking if you're on hormonal birth control your likelihood of getting a blood clot increases just from being on the birth control and then Mm -hmm. it like quadruples if you smoke yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. and they just don't tell you that i just saw this tiktok because 
my husband and I joke because I watch TikTok TikToks a lot, and there was this Reddit thread where someone said, "My girlfriend does TikTok, and it's so much just like her entire personality." So now that we we joke that TikTok is my entire personality, <laughs> but anyway, I saw a TikTok where these uh, roommates were making their boyfriends read the. Uh, the side effects of their birth control pills. And they were these long ass little pamphlets that fit in there, but they were so long and they were like reading, they're like, what the fuck is this? What is that? Like, and just were horrified by it. Yep. Yeah. I've, uh, yeah. I've like, <laughs> people like watch video demonstrations of how like IUDs work and stuff too. Oh, I don't want to watch that. I have one in me. I'm happy with it. I don't want to watch a video about it. I I I have my second one in me. I Same. I I went through the first and um it's it's so funny cuz like I don't want to I don't want to like sugarcoat it for people who get it. Like it is not pleasant, but I also don't want to like scare people out of getting it because it's such really- a range too. Like I had a friend that couldn't walk for two days after having hers inserted, and I went back to work two hours later. Like yeah. I was cramping, but it was like not out of the normal. Well, and it also depends. Like everybody's body is different. The unfortunate exactly. thing with IUDs is you don't know if IUDs work for you until you have one in you. Like there's no right. way to mm-hmm. guesstimate. Um, yeah, but like. My gynecologist, when I got my second one, she took my first one out, which, like, I apparently went white as a sheet, and, like, there that was- That hurts more than putting it in! Yep, there it's was a, a student in there, there was a student in there that, like, I was, like, nervously, like, rubbing my face so much that I accidentally, like, rubbed my contact directly out of my <laughs> eye. <laughs> like, saving to put my contact in to just keep it there, and she's, like, holding my hand- and I'm just like, oh my god, I am so sorry. Like, but, <laughs> so she takes it out and she, um, she like holds it up above the little gown <laughs> and she goes, "Would you like to thank it for its service?" And I'm like, "Yes, <laughs> thank you." And she goes, <laughs> and she just like says something like, "She's like, you are dismissed, soldier," and like throws it. <laughs> That's <laughs> holy. And she was the only. She was the only gynecologist to ever go over any sort of symptom, anything, like, and like side effects, anything. Yeah. And um, she was the only one who was knowledgeable, too, because I usually ask, because I'm me. I, I want to know. I'm like, right. well, how much do you know about what you're doing? <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, it is. Woo! We just need more information. Definitely. Yes, we need more information. Brilliant. We want more information. We want to know about our bodies. We want to know what you're doing to our bodies. Yes. I like it when doctors walk me through things. Like, this is what I'm doing. This is why I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or just even knowing, like, that taking those medications to stop the symptoms is going to fuck up your test. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that's not something that I'd ever heard before. No. Yeah. Like, that was the first place that ever told me that. Um, and I don't know, maybe they just used a different test than someone else had done in the past. And so they needed to do like, like, I think it was like a quick care clinic or something like that. Maybe they did did it differently, but I'd never heard that before. Yeah. So I was like surprised. It's all over the place. <laughs> oh, well, thank you for sharing. Because we yes, have to know. And I hope somebody <laughs> learned something on this one. Uh-huh. Listening is going, what? <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't flush don't flush paper towels down the toilet. Yeah, that's that's that's, like that's, that's the takeaway. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is the bonus. We're not just a sex ed podcast. Yeah, we're a plumbing <laughs> podcast. 
down your toilet. Uh, all right, Jennifer, your turn. My turn. So it's actually kind of along the same lines. And this we is... didn't talk beforehand, by the way. We didn't know each other's story. We didn't plan this. Yeah, we did not plan this. We did not plan this. But it's kind of along the same lines of like, why is my body doing this? And no one explains to you. And so my, I guess a little background, my sex education was actually fairly not biological, more like it's, it's more, more sexual and feelings and you're going to have these feelings and it's okay to have these feelings and to oh, wow. explore so your body. To... Yeah. Well, it's my parents. My, like my father didn't want me to go to, is my father primarily, which is kind of interesting because I'm a girl and he's a boy, but um, he didn't want me to go to school's sex ed because he wanted to make sure that I got the right messaging. Ah, which, yes. This right. The right messaging, yes. which yeah. depends on the parent, might be the wrong messaging. Uh-huh. But, but you were lucky. His, Yours his, was the right messaging. For the most part. So for the most, there was a big, huge block, which I'm going to explain in a minute. But his messaging was masturbation is wonderful. Enjoy your body. Explore your body. Sex is wonderful. Enjoy your partner's body. Explore your partner's body. Um, these are the ways not to get pregnant. Like he, he went through all of that. But the actual biology of the body is something I kind of missed out on. And you're like, and, cool, I want to enjoy. How? Yeah. <laughs> how? Like, what? How does this work? <laughs> and my mom, who I would have probably gone to, was actually kind of repressed sexual she was she's very conservative sexually. And so it was hard for me to say, Mom, this is what my body is doing. Why is it doing it? Uh-huh. And so for the longest time, this is, I didn't know what this was, vaginal discharge. <laughs> and Kimberly actually sent me a video not too long ago of a comedian doing a whole set on vaginal discharge, which I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, it, it made me feel better. Thank you, Kim. <laughs> but for- I, don't, I don't even remember it, to be honest. Is it, oh, is it the one where... She starts talking about vaginal discharge, and then she's like, and it's usually about here that the men get upset because they're like, wait a minute, a pussy gets wet when I'm not even there? Nice! Yeah, that was it! (laughs) She's like, we hide our underwear underneath the pillow so you don't see the goop. Oh my god, that is also a Cosmo thing that's lived with me. It's one time I read one, and it was said something about don't leave your underwear sunny side up on his bedroom floor to see the next morning, and that is not something I've ever been able to get out of my head. So it's actually something I would never have worried about, but now I think about it and worry about it now because I read that, and like, <laughs> sunny side up. That's how I used to like my eggs. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. So I'd ask, I asked my friends, I'm like, this is what my body's doing. There's just this goop coming out of my body. What is this? Is there something wrong with me? My friends would be like, cause they're the same age as me and they don't know what the heck is going on. They're like, oh my gosh, there's this goop coming out of your body. What's going on with you? <laughs> and so for the longest time, I'm like, there must be something wrong with me. And then oh. my, my later teenage years, I'm like, oh, well, this is how your body this is what your vagina does. It goops around. <laughs> it goops around. <laughs> it goops around. It lets stuff out. And I'm like, oh, okay. As long as you, there isn't any like other like itching or weird smells or anything like that, you're fine. It's what your body does. Is it goops? 
Yep. Mm -hmm. And it's going to look different depending on where you are in your cycle. Yeah. And your body. You'll have that snotty goop. Yeah. Did you say snotty goop? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. You. You'll have that snotty goop. You'll have the clear goop. Yeah. It's different viscosities. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I actually, um, I had a similar experience actually with my childhood friend. I'm not going to say her name because I know that some people that like we went to elementary school with definitely listen to this podcast. So I don't want to Um, But like me and one of my best friends, we both started experiencing vaginal discharge at roughly the same time. And we we're trying to like broach the subject with each other, but didn't even know what to call it. We're just like, there's something weird in my underwear. And then yes. we both just started calling it chowder. Chowder. Oh, oh, God. oh God. We couldn't, we didn't know the word discharge. Right. And, like, we didn't want to use a word that would like signal that we were specifically talking about something in our pants. Like, yeah. So Fair enough. her to is chowder. And that is what it was. And, yeah. <laughs> That's got to be one of the, that should be one of the basic things we teach women. We 100%. teach about the period, but we don't teach about how the, that vagina lubricates itself and what comes out during the month. 100%. Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if either of you, because I, I always think that just because something pops up on my social media a lot, sometimes I'm just like, oh, everybody knows. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there was like a thing a few years ago and I can't, I can't, I think it was on Instagram or Twitter or something where there were pictures that were like anybody who had a vagina, it was like, oh, can you pass this challenge? And it was like taking a picture of the inside of your underwear and like, they're not being discharged on there. And like a bunch of sex educators had to be like, okay, first of all, a bunch of these people are probably taking these photos before they actually wear their underwear. It's very normal yes. to have discharge in your underwear. Uh-huh. But what kind of pe- test are you trying to pass? What's the point of this test? It was just a, it was like, I don't have a messy vagina, I guess, was the test. And it's just like, 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 I, I'm, my vagina has been Marie Kondoed. Like, I <laughs> let, I let go and of anything that does not bring me joy. Give me joy. <laughs> And, well, like so many like sex educators, like we had to do damage control. We were like, no, yeah. it's healthy for your body to have discharge. There, uh, some people have just a little bit. Some people have a lot. It all depends on your certain things, like depending on if you're dehydrated or not. Like if you usually have a lot of lubrication and you don't, you might want to drink some water. Like mm-hmm. it's all, <laughs> it is all over the place, and like it is healthy to have discharge and like you'll start getting discharged before you ever have your period yeah too. Mm-hmm. like it just it starts one day and you go that feels weird mm-hmm. <laughs> goop. yeah uh, my darker underwear is like stained a little bit lighter in that area right yeah, like, it's like bleaching probably. yeah it bleaches yeah, it it's yes. like, a, like okay there we go no oh, wonder i'm blonde down there um <laughs> Our bodies are amazing, interesting, weird things. Yeah, it's yeah. just it was one of those basic things that should have been taught to us, and I'm annoyed yeah. that it, that it, I don't think it's still it still isn't really taught to us to you know, to generations coming up. Like I think discharge, yeah, I think discharge is part of it. Still, kind of a hush hush uh-huh. topic because it's messy. 
And periods are messy. (laughs) Periods are messy, but you can, but they're only one week, but the rest of the body, you don't want to be messy. It's a whole, it's a whole thing. And like, I, I don't know, like it's, I, um, I have turned into a bit of a one woman crusade of just like letting the world know how gross my body is. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit better yeah, yeah, about yeah. theirs. Like <laughs> all the time. Like I've literally been in groups of friends before and like, I'll just be like, mm, and they're like, what was that? And I'm like, I need to go check if I just got my period. Cause something just happened, but I might just be having a heavy discharge day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what did you just say? And I'm like, yeah, that's what happened to you. And they're like, it does. I just don't talk about it at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> yeah. And like, it's just, yeah, no, you just bodies. Bodies are simultaneously the most beautiful and disgusting things. Mm-hmm. Yes. 100%. Exist, and it's not anything having to do with any individual person just mm-hmm. body, right. have gross things in them that need to get out of them and we have beautiful processes that make this happen so we don't need to douche mm-hmm. we do cool. douche no bat douche bat bat another psa don't douche generally not great um i am Oh, I can't Jen- say that it's never good because I'm not a doctor, so there might be some situations in which douching your vagina might be suggested by a doctor. Most of the situations that I know of are not um, a thing. Uh, Jennifer, do you remember that book you had that when I was like in high school and it was like old remedies and medications and stuff like that, and it talked about a coca-cola douche oh my god oh i do i do yeah that was something that i listed in there from whenever this was written sugar uh, sugar put sugar and perhaps cocaine using yeah i was gonna say (laughs) that might be from the point when coca-cola had actually i want to say it was like a like the way they had it framed in that book was a post-sex to ensure you didn't get pregnant sort of thing like a plan b of the day was using coke to douche and i'm like oh my god yeah there have been some interesting well and a lot of people will think that douching in general does help with that it um it doesn't right um Mm -hmm. and also now you might have a yeast infection so yeah at a minimum yeah the only time that douching is effective it's with anal sex yeah mm-hmm. without like potentially causing issues but even then you shouldn't do it like all the time because then you're gonna get like rid your bowels of like some really important bacteria so, yes like, like that. that's some good bacteria in there that you don't want to yeah mess with. yeah um but like it there just yeah no no no, no. don't don't, don't put coke do in your vagina for a plan don't B. put candy in your vagina don't put don't, don't put know. sugar near your vagina either. I, I read another one where someone was like, they put a lollipop up there for their husband. I'm like, this is how you get a yeast infection. Yes, don't do sugar. That's also disgusting. It's mm-hmm. disgusting. No, no judge. I guess, you know, hey, no, I'm still going to judge. I was going to say, I'm not. I'm trying not to judge, but like, that's not how your body works and your body doesn't like that. So Well, nobody time. told them. That's- if somebody is willing to, if somebody knows the consequences and is willing to accept the consequences because it's something that they or their partner found super attractive, you know what? You, you're hey, the one who's going to have so. to deal with the, the repercussions, but right. do it. But my general rule is how, how things, um, in order to avoid a yeast infection, just don't put food <laughs> near. Right. Don't yeah. Put food. Yeah. Don't put it on the, your 
if you're with somebody with a penis, don't put it on their penis and yeah. then put it in, put the penis inside you without like the whipped the cream off. stuff. Yeah. You don't need don't to do, do that, that thing. Yeah. Don't put it anywhere. Just do near a whip it <laughs> and then get going. Just <laughs> <laughs> rinse off. Like if you're yeah, eating thirty seconds off of your partner, like take a sexy little shower, maybe get some baby wipes or something, or yeah. put a condom on over it. Mm-hmm. Right. Like these are all options additionally like flavored lube is not meant to be used internally a lot of the times it has sugar in it yep i didn't know that there we go i learned something today Uh uh flavored lube is designed specifically to make oral sex more pleasurable if you're using barriers yeah same thing with flavored condoms Mm -hmm. yeah that makes sense with flavored condoms because your mouth is going in there not your vagina yeah. yeah. And also if you're going to have food um and then try to use a condom, if it was an oily food, oil breaks mm. down latex. So yeah. you actually disrupt the integrity of the condom. So um that includes coconut oil too. I know a lot of people use coconut oil as a lube. Um oh, that, can good, cause, yeah. that can cause yeast infections in some people. It takes away yeast infections in others. Again, bodies are weird but if you're gonna <laughs> use coke if you're gonna use any oil-based lube it, uh well no i shouldn't say it. i was about to say if you're gonna use oil-based lube don't use a condom that's not the message i'm trying to send <laughs> <laughs> if, if you're, you're using, using condom, condom, don't use oil-based lube yes, there we go if you're gonna use a condom don't use oil-based lube yeah, that is yeah, the direction i wanted to take that <laughs> okay so what are the lube bases there's water-based right there's oil-based and there's, and there's silicon, silicon right yeah, yeah. Um, you'll also see ones that will say aloe based they're water based um, okay because wa- uh, aloe is like a ridiculous percentage water yeah um right. so oil based uh will stay slick the longest mm-hmm. um but then you run into issues with the latex um not vibing with it. breaking down yeah yeah um a lot of people will use it because people um it tends to be a lot of more the natural marketed um lube um people with sensitivities a lot of time will like to use oil-based ones um but yeah just be aware of the condom thing um the water-based uh tends to have the least allergies associated but it, it absorbs into your body super mm-hmm. super quick um so yeah. it's really hard to keep it slick um silicone is very very slick but you can't use it with silicone toys um oh yeah it's um something about the the uh molecular the ions of the silicone the way that silicone creates like the molecules uh it likes to bond with silicone Oh, oh my okay. god, I'm just envisioning so it. So that's why it's bonded into your vagina now. <laughs> well, it's I don't know that's how it works, but that's what I'm envisioning. <laughs> that, it's not that drastic, but it's like, <laughs> stop! <laughs> the reason that silicone is a body safe material is because it bonds very strongly with itself, so it won't really have pores for bacteria to get uh-huh. stuck. Which is so what like, a lot of toys are made out of. It's silicone, yeah. right? Yeah, a lot of toys yeah. are made out of silicone. Um, and like it's easy like to clean. You don't have to like deep clean most of the time unless you're like be- unless you're using it between partners. Like if it's just oh, you, yeah. you uh-huh. can just do soap and water. Soap and water. Like, mm-hmm. 
You don't have to boil it or anything like that. Yeah, if you're going between partners, I'd suggest sterilizing, and usually um, you have to boil it. If it's something that has a motor in it, it (laughs) usually will have instructions on how to sterilize it specifically. Like, don't boil it. Well, the Lysol wipes out. And (laughs) sorry, sorry. No, don't do that. Um, But silicone likes to strong so uh, like bonds so strongly with silicone that when you use silicone lube unless it is premium silicone lube and premium silicone that is being used that where like it has actually had that charge taken out of it it will bond on like a micro level with the lube which will create these little divots in it from where it tries to reach out and bond with the lube that then Mm. can trap bacteria oh okay so it just like breaks down the integrity of the silicone um it's like also when you have cheap silicone toys that are together like if you put them next to each other in a drawer and forget about them for a couple months you're gonna go back and they might be melted together <laughs> that's hilarious yeah uh-huh. if they're I like do that oh, now. yeah a lot of <laughs> the toy companies now that like are making like high-end silicone toys they have done something to it scientifically i don't know exactly what it is that like that won't happen um but i say to be on the safe side always just get like bags to put your silicone toys in or store them separately from each other um just to play it safe uh that's generally my my like that's good information information. yeah yeah (laughs) um but silicone lubes yeah it stays slick like mm-hmm. way longer um some people are allergic to different things that like or like they just like their body just doesn't like silicone lube um mm-hmm. my personal favorite lube is actually a hybrid it is silicone and water-based and it is called uber lube oh i've heard of that before actually i don't know why but <laughs> I, I love it so much and i use it it's um i've used it like on chafing spots like i have several friends who use it as chub rub i have several oh, friends yes. who use it to get static out of their hair i suggest not doing that <laughs> all once, though because then you get like a buildup of silicone in your hair which is not <laughs> hair. but if your hair is like super frizzy and you are just like out of options you're just like eh. i've used it as lotion just pull it out of your purse at work and just squirt some in your hand i have before i carry a little tube <laughs> in my purse. um oh god because it's one of those ones where as long as there's still friction happening it will stay wet but when you leave it it will start to soak into your skin which like silicone lube won't soak into your skin so like, oh yeah don't use silicone lube in the shower you can slip it's terrifying <laughs> 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 I mean, we can if you want to live dangerously but like if you, it'll wash off and then it'll be on the bottom of your shower and then you will slip and fall might might not be when you're using it in the shower it might be the person who gets into the shower after you because um, it just doesn't absorb. Um, it mm-hmm. has to rinse off. But like, since it's a hybrid, it actually absorbs. So U- UberLube is great. UberLube, sponsor me. <laughs> <laughs> Do a promo here. I love UberLube. Uh, yeah. No, bodies are weird. Lube is weird. Uh-huh. Lubricant, natural and not is just... Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah, that's what that was the theme of the episode almost. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Your body's lube is gonna do stuff. <laughs> and you will know it best as long as you pay attention to it. Right. 
yeah, I would say that that's actually the takeaway. Pay attention to what your body does normally when you're feeling good, and then you'll notice when something's off. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Or and like, talk, tell your friends, tell your friends how gross yeah. it can be. And yeah. that way your friends can feel comfortable telling how gross they can be. And that way we can have a cohort or a group of people that know how gross we can be and not get freaked out about how gross we can be. Exactly. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Be gross together. Be gross, gross together. Because once we realize that everybody's gross, then we will realize that none of us individually are gross. It's yeah. It's beautifully yeah, gross. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's how the body works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. That yeah. I like it. I, I think. That... I think that's your best episode. <laughs> there. <laughs> there was a distinct point. Yes. There was a theme. I personally <laughs> really like that the two of you had similar stories because a lot of people who have questions, they're like, "I this is a really weird question." I'm like, "No, I guarantee you, at least one other person has asked me." And I'm yeah. like, "This is proof right here." Like both of you came in, and you're like, "No, I have very similar stories." Yeah. <laughs> Whenever I, I see things like work. that, like, yeah, like, does anyone else feel this way or experience this? I'm like, "No, you're the only person in seven billion people that has that opinion or has like, come on, of course you're not the well, only." Well, there's gonna be one, one. person who's, who says this is how my body works and then there's going to be crickets and then that person's going to be feel really bad. <laughs> You're right. I'm sorry to that person. That I... <laughs> when there are crickets, it's usually because somebody else tried to bring up the subject to somebody at some point and then they got crickets and they were like, well, I'm not saying it now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like a lot of the time. Be better than crickets. Even if your be body. Be better than crickets. Yeah. Even if your body is doing something that is telling you something's wrong, like, even if somebody was like, no, like, that's not normal. You should go to the doctor about that. Somebody else has experienced it. Yeah. Right. You know, one other thing that's like pimples, like pimples in weird spots. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like big old pimples, like in my hairs. labia or on yeah. the outside of my labia. Like mm-hmm. no one told me I'd be getting those. And every once in a while I get a pimple on my labia. I'm like, what the fuck is that? And it hurts. I went to the doctor but for it's really... it, two ingrown hairs. Once yeah, I was like, know what they were. And I thought maybe something had happened. It's usually, uh-huh. those pimples are usually caused by ingrown hairs. Or, yeah. Um, yeah. The follicle just getting clogged after yeah. you shave yeah. or your underwear accidentally plucks one out. Like, mm-hmm. and then the it, it just an it, it irritated pore and yeah yeah you can get pimples yeah, all over the, the doctor place, ones and they're because I was like and annoying yeah and they're ugly you went to the doctor and they were like yeah these are just two ingrown hairs they're yeah. like you're fine yeah. I was like okay great put, put hot you. water on it there we go yeah that's it mm-hmm. just wanted to be safe I didn't know yeah at that point in time in my life wear comfortable breathable underwear for Commando <laughs> <laughs> you'll be fine. <laughs> all right well thank you so much for joining thank you. yeah thank you for having us on it was nice to talk again absolutely and everybody should go check out any braided input i will be putting the link in the description so everybody can really easily just hop right on over and yeah uh tune in next time and i'll talk dirty to you <laughs>